Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles and I am the host of the Sendcast. I am also the Managing Director of B-Squared, a company who supports schools to show small steps of progress. Each week on the podcast, we're talking about a different topic within the world of special educational needs to improve knowledge, to provide support to professionals working in schools and to empower parents. This is the second part of our third Corona bonus episode. If you haven't listened to part one, please go and listen to that first and then come back. In this episode, myself and our guest, Sarah Jane Critchley, are talking about anxiety and how to support people with anxiety during this time, which is anything but normal. We knew this was a really big topic and it was really important, so we wanted to record as soon as possible. We also knew how much we need discussing, which is why we went on for so long. Before we get back to the conversation, I just want to mention the virtual SEND conference. We have now run three of these conferences, the last being just a few weeks ago. Each one covers a wide range of topics around special needs, but you haven't missed any of the conferences though, as you can still buy access and watch the videos whenever you need to. It's a great way to make sure all staff in a school are receiving CPD around SEND, whether they're at home or at school. In the next few months, we'll also be recording some sessions for parents, We're currently trying to work out how that will run because we won't be able to run it as a conference because everyone's going to be rather busy. So once we work that out, we'll get some more information out to you. For more information on the conference for schools or for parents, visit www.virtualsendconference.com. At the end of the episode, I'll be giving you a discount code so you can save some money when you purchase access. Now back to the podcast. So earlier, I mentioned I wanted to mention something about social media. Yeah. You talking through your four C's. I'm now going to take your four C's and apply it to social media and Go current situation. So I'm just talking about sort of what I've done over the last two, three weeks with kind of social media and friends. And I'm going to do them in a different order. So the first one I'm going to go to is control mm-hmm. and that curate. So one of the things I've done, which I did a week ago, which has made me so much happier, is I have left on Facebook all the local groups Mm. where everyone is moaning about what everyone else is doing. (laughs) Oh, why did that person take their child to the shops? You have no idea why. Single parent, family, there's a hundred reasons why. And everyone's just moaning at everyone else. And then everyone's going, well, I did this. Well, I'm amazing. I it was just horrible. And then somebody's trying to say something for a joke. Well, I, went, I took the whole family shopping today. It was great. Just a bit of fun. Someone takes it the wrong way. And basically, it was just argument after argument on all these groups. So I was just like, I've had enough of this. And I just left them all. So well I, done. Took, I took control. And yes. And it is. It is. I sat there and went, I can't be bothered with this. It's just mm. annoying. And then we all, all of us have those people on our Facebook feeds who we're friends with, but they bring you down. Absolutely. And you read what they post. They either bring you down because they're always so positive and everything's lovely, or they are just constantly moaning about the state of the world. Hmm. So again, I didn't unfriend them, but you can you can hide them. You can uh, you can basically hide all their messages from you. So they basically you don't see that. And it was again, it's like controlling and like curating what I want yeah. to see. So now yeah. when I go to Facebook, I see the friends I care about. I see people I want to see updates from. I see the funny stuff. 
I see the stuff people are sharing, but I don't see them moaning. But going back to the connect is what, and again, I was talking about with my friend uh, yesterday is I am choosing who I connect with mm. and I'm putting extra focus on those people that I want to connect with. So these might be your friends you've had for years that, especially when you've got younger kids, you don't always have time for. Yeah. But actually reaching out and making sure, no, no, need to see you in this time, need a bit of a, memories from when we used to hang out and things like that so it's actually choosing i want to spend more time with certain people so we've actually uh coming up i've got a curry night where a virtual one my wife, a virtual <laughs> curry night so we're going to have curry at our house they're going to have curry at their house and we're going to have curry together and it's going to be Yay. great i'm looking forward to it so again it's who do you want to connect with and the other thing we've done which is really great fun and again brings makes you happy is we live in a cul-de-sac with, I'm going to say, 30-odd houses. Mm-hmm. And somebody, again, just took the lead. She dropped a leaflet around everyone's houses saying, hi, I'm Fiona. For some reason, she works in mental health. Um, and just always flipped it around and has basically created a WhatsApp group with us all in. And we've mm-hmm. all joined. And it is all positive. And I think it was last weekend, it was um, two of the kids in the road's birthdays. They're obviously Parties were cancelled, not happening. Mm. So 8 o'clock on Saturday, we all had fairy lights in our gardens or in our windows, and we all went out, and the whole road all sang happy birthday to these kids. Oh, I love that. I think that's beautiful. So it was just such a simple thing. They can't hear it. Let's sing. And as you said, it's there's a load of people in my ride. I don't know. There's a yeah. few row houses you know. But actually, the whole road came out for these couple of kids, and they're all, and the group's got all the all the good bits. Anyone need anything from the chemist? I'm just going up to the high street. Has everyone got anything? Is everyone looking after anything? There was an old lady who lives up the road. Oh, that's fine. That's per. We've got looking. And it's all the looking after, and it, it is all the positive stuff that that group's giving me. Fantastic! I love that. But then it comes back to creating again. It is being part of it. So sometimes it isn't just watching it and I'm someone who watches and I'm not always sure what to say is actually going to add anything. Probably not. So I won't bother actually trying to be part of it. And there's something again, that is hard. There's an anxiety thing, mm. but it's just offering a helping hand. Somebody who's after a football pump to pump up their kids football. Yeah, I've got one. Wow. I'll that stick actually it on the end big of the difference. drive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they came and collected it and we all detailed it afterwards before and after. But it's just little things, and it is really right now. You've got to, and it goes back to your uh, daily depression of listening to Boris at 5 p.m., is controlling actually what information is coming in. And we can control the news briefing, but actually getting rid of all the moaners off your Facebook feed, all those people who are adding to your worry. Get rid of all of that. Focus on the more happier side of social media (laughs) and make those connections with the people who live next to you not some keyboard warrior who's in the same town. And also <laughs> yes. reach out to your friends, reach out to those people who are in your life. They might not be living near you. Um, and also for the first time ever, my extended family. So we have a face uh, WhatsApp group for me, my wife and my daughters, mm-hmm. even though they're a bit too young, according to the rules to be on WhatsApp, but I don't care because it's great having this family group. But I now have a family group with my sisters, 
my nephews, mm. my parents. And it's a great fun. There's silly stuff. My mum just got a shocking haircut. She <laughs> went from, I, wow. I love it. It was one of those things you sit there and go, whoa, wow. It was brilliant. <laughs> Literally went, well, I'm going to be stuck in home for a while. I can't go to the hairdresser. And my dad buzzed her on number six. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Yes. But it actually looked at her and went, wow, that's really suited her. It really suits us. Well done, Mum. It, it looks brilliant. But I haven't seen it. But she was able to say, there's great stuff. There's how's work, how's life, how's the kids. But there's actually anyone need anything. So my sister has her boy with uh, autism who's very selective on his food, mm-hmm. only eats certain things. But she's only allowed to buy three of things per week. Mm. And with supermarkets reducing their range, she's now getting anxiety. She might not be able to get the right ketchup or the right pasta. Yeah. So we're actually adding it to our shopping list. So we're all buying a bit of that pasta. We're all buying a bit of that ketchup. Is it Heinz and Fusilli? Uh, it's Fusilli and it's the Heinz uh, fiery ketchup. Yeah. Which yeah. she can only get from Sainsbury's. And she can only, they're smaller bottles. So she, mm. so she has to buy as many. So, yeah, so that's giving her anxiety because she knows if she doesn't get it, his anxiety is going to go through the roof. Yeah. But actually, it's not hard for me to add three bottles of fiery ketchup to my shopping list if I can get it and get the right Tesco's Fusely pasta. So Absolutely. we do. And it is, it's again, wonderful. it's those connections. It's those, those four scenes worked perfectly for mm. my so- social media segment. Excellent. There we go. I like that. Thinking about connection as well, I had a lovely thing where I was talking about the Great British Home Chorus. I put a post out on Instagram because I'd had such a lovely time doing the rehearsal a couple of nights ago. And I just loved it. I was amazing. Gareth Malone, God bless him, had actually got a decent alto line going because normally altos don't get the best bits. But we had a fantastic alto line. So I was celebrating big time. And then I had posts there, one from one of my oldest friends from school who's now living in France. And she posted that she was doing it as well. And then a couple of other chorus members from my chorus society in town who were obviously we're not meeting and singing together. But they said they were doing it too. And it was just so lovely. I thought, oh, brilliant. So when I'm sitting here on my own, singing in front of my computer, I'm doing it with my mates. And yeah. that's really lovely. You know, even people I haven't seen for a long time. And it was just made me feel so much happier. And also it got me to go back and do it more. So even though I knew it was a really helpful thing for me to do, I, if I got caught up, I might have got stuck with the health secretary going on and on and on. And on. He did a lot of going on and on last night. But I kind of thought, oh, I've heard enough of him. So then I came up and did a bit with Gareth instead. And thought, oh, that's fine. I'll just catch the news later if I need to. And decide I didn't need to at all. No. <laughs> so it was really, really good. Oh. So I think it's helpful. And that's been a real joy. There have been so many people sharing things that they have created from scratch to help other people. And I think that is an absolute joy. From local WhatsApp groups to large YouTube films to live watch sessions you know there's there's a lot out there that can help so is now the moment to come on to specific strategies because i think we're getting to that sort of thing where we need to start talking about those because obviously the normal strategies that everyone can do is kind of disappearing out the window and you've got to look for an alternative or adapt so the adopt adapt improve is the methodology that we're using today so we're thinking of all the things that worked and we're finding better ways and different ways of doing them (laughs) 
shoulders back and off we go. So there's loads and loads and loads of things out there. And one of the things that has helped people most has been exercise. So we all used to go out and do whatever exercise we used to do whenever we wanted. You know, you go outside, you have a mooch around with the dog or you go and play bowling with your friends or you play tennis. Or in my case, I was going sailing three times a week at least. And that's now completely off. So the, there is no sporting clubs going. There have been people who love to watch football and that's not happening. You know, you can't go out and have a knock around in the park. That's not something you're allowed to do because it would be irresponsible and we need to be responsible so that we don't kill people. Let's try and keep as many people as alive as possible. Yeah. So when you can't do that, what the heck do you do? Number one, you can go out once a day for your exercise with members of your own family and nobody else if you choose to. People who have dogs still have to walk them. So going out once a day and keeping away from other people as much as you possibly can is still a perfectly good and valuable thing to do until such time as we end up with a complete lockdown, which may or may not still happen. But right now we can. And what I've done is going out really early in the morning at daybreak because I love daybreak. The dawn chorus is phenomenal. The sunlight coming through when the sun's just rising is the most beautiful thing in the universe. And I was feeling rather anxious this morning because I woke up at four o'clock in the morning having one of those moments the way you do when that bit of you has all those nasty words that they keep saying and it's all going a bit pear-shaped. Set foot outside the door thinking, dear God, I need to see the silver lining to the situation right now. And blow me if I didn't walk down. And as the sun came up, there was a silver lining under the clouds. Seriously. <laughs> and I thought, okay, thank you for that. That was exactly what I asked for. <laughs> that was exactly what I got. Thank you. So if you believe in any form of form of universal divine, whatever, I'm saying thank you to whoever, whatever that may be. If you're thinking of the reticular activating system, noticing the thing you primed it to look for, I'm thanking that too. I'm loving that it worked. It made me feel 100% better. So I was looking for a silver lining and boy, did I find one. So you're allowed to go out and exercise once a day. If you can, do. It will make you feel better. Um, with the walking, walking. Yep is what I do. So I currently, I'm still coming to work, but it is because we are, there's only, I am the only person coming to work. No <laughs> one else is. Um, yeah. We are a tiny company. So, um, and it is, it is lonely, but the reason I do it is I walk to work. So I walk mm. through a park. Oh, so lovely. I have a three and a half kilometer walk to work through a park, which is great. And in the morning is much quieter on mm. the way back. It's starting to get quite a bit busier. But it is, it's getting the exercise and making sure we do it. Now, walking isn't always fun, especially when your kids don't want to do it. So <laughs> you've got to make it fun. And me and my wife actually went out last Sunday for a walk. And I put my headphones on and I listened to music. She put her mm. headphones on and listened to a podcast. She listened to a Friday Night Comedy from the BBC. Perfect. So, yes, we're not actually talking to each other, but it's the exercise. So when mm. you are trying to get your kids out is what would make this enjoyable. If it is for them putting their headphones on and walking rather than talking to you, they're still getting the exercise. That's the important bit. Absolutely. And we've done that in our family for a long time, but we never go out together. So we don't walk together. We walk separately because actually what we want to do is to be listening to our own music or listening to our own podcast. And actually, we don't even want anybody within that space. 
and I also run twice a week. So this is for the runners out there. If you're on the path, can you please just step to one side and let other people go through? Social distancing is a thing. Just because you happen to be running doesn't mean to say you have the right to all the space. This is a public service announcement right now, okay? Some runners are good, some aren't. All of those who've seen and stepped aside and give space to those who are walking or those who are running in the other direction, please do so. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're already doing that, I absolutely adore you. To those three men who ran straight past me within spitting distance, literally, I really don't like that you've done that and please stop it right now because that's not safe, okay? You do not have to be running for any championship right now. The Olympics have been delayed for a year. You have time to get back on your training regime when this is all over. Now is not the moment. You can stop and walk. Enjoy a flower. There's grass over there. You might even notice it if you slow down a bit. But I was doing my personal best. Don't care. So don't care. I really don't care. Your personal <laughs> best is not going to help if you happen to give it to somebody who then becomes seriously ill. This is serious. You cannot do that. Stop it right the, now. Um, in history, go back to history, the chariot with those uh, spikes sticking out the side. Uh, I think well, about I... getting them sticking out my ankles two metres. Oh, no, that's a good idea. It was supposed to be Boudicca, otherwise Boudicca. known as Bodicea, but I think it may be a misnomer. I'm not until yes. sure that she actually did that. But it's a better story than what probably did happen. Yes. So that was kind of, so you can exercise. So if you can get out to do, if you have a garden, use it. If you have a garden where you can do some gardening, then digging is fantastic exercise and really hard work and actually is very very good for reducing anxiety as well so highly recommend that there are some amazing things that are available online so you may have heard of the delightful joe wicks PE teacher to the stars and several not stars and the rest of us i'm slightly confused by joe wicks so i think there are more parents that are doing the exercise than children <laughs> there certainly seem to be a lot of people who are middle-aged ladies who are quite enjoying watching him. I'd about to say they're not necessarily exercising, but they are watching. Uh, I, I absolutely think they're exercising. But there are loads of kids who are sitting there and rocking up to do their exercise for half an hour every morning with Joe Wicks. And it's lovely, you know, it costs you nothing and it's fantastic. So that's something you can drop in to see. Um, he's live on YouTube. There's another thing which I found, which I absolutely adore, called Go Noodle. All one word. We've got the links in the show notes for you as well. And that has lots of little shorter pieces of exercise. So not everybody will sit there and do half an hour. That could be beyond them. It may not be what they want. And if you're doing, if you're actually homeschooling, you may need movement breaks. You may need activity breaks. What Go Noodle has is things that are three and five minutes long. So they're much shorter. So you can do things where um, they've got a dance routine to the music from Trolls by um, Justin Timberlake, who and the title of the track completely escapes me, for example. But it's fantastic because you can try and dance along with these kids who are doing the track. And they've got other things where you can do this. You know where you've got that like Guitar Hero game where the music comes towards you? They've got kind of movement versions of those where you have to duck or jump over something, or move to the left, or move to the right as this track plays. And it's just three or five minutes long. Flipping exhausting, by the way, but really good for just getting the blood going and giving you a bit of exercise, a bit of activity, you know, break up the day, make it more fun, do something physical. 
Now he's laughing at me. He's really laughing at me right now. I'm just I'm just happy that you have thoroughly tested Joe Wick's Go Noodle <laughs> Yoga for Kids and Kitchen Boogie. I thoroughly have. tested. I have to. So there are, there are also sites that will help you do yoga for kids. Yoga is really good, especially if you're autistic or you have anxiety. The breathing thing along with movement is really, really good. It helps you to ground your body. It's things like pressing into the ground and stretching out and doing the breathing in with the movement. It's absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend it. It's worth a go. Kitchen boogie isn't something you can look up. Um, that's just something we do. <laughs> so it's put some music on <laughs> and dance around the kitchen like nobody's watching because frankly nobody is and that's just fine and we can all have fun and then occasionally your kids will rock up and look at you and just go <laughs> because it looks ridiculous and who cares so i mean that's good i, right, I think they're right i have seen on i have seen the news people are doing like virtual street parties where everyone has to boogie in their own front uh drive yeah i, I prefer it when people can't see it frankly, because my control freak, we would want to choreograph and, and that's not going to work because it's the whole thing. Oh, see, literally, that'd be great for me because it would just be dad dancing and embarrassing the kids. It'd be like a daddy <laughs> dance off. All the dads going for it. Yeah, I'm the worst. I can do the worst <laughs> All the kids well, hiding. Brilliant. I prefer the less social version because I'm just like that, but it doesn't mean that it isn't good. It's kind of, yeah, I'd have to do it. No, I don't want anybody else to see it, but I'm, it's good to do. And your kids can do that too. And it's really funny because occasionally I'll turn up and I'll spot them doing exactly the same thing. And I'll go, ah, that's an interesting move. Where did you get that one from? That's <laughs> really, really, really rather lovely. <laughs> so that's quite fun. We enjoy all of that. The other thing that you may want to try, and this one we did when I was a kid, actually, we used to do an awful lot of this, was balloon tennis. If you've got any balloons in the house, it's an amazing thing to do. It's great fun and actually remarkably energetic. So you blow up a balloon and you try and hit it to each other or you just do it on your own. You do balloon keepy-uppy. So that's quite fun. You can do that indoors and it's not going to break anything if it lands on something. So that's one that works no matter how small your living environment. You can do it even in the sitting room. Or how old you are. Because that's one I always do, the one where you have a, a balloon and there's a group of you and it's not allowed to touch the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's kind of near you and it's touched the floor, it's your fault. So you literally are trying to get it on the floor to that person. <laughs> yeah. I love that. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, then garden badminton's a wonderful thing. So that's yes. really good because shuttlecocks don't go quite so fast. So you don't lose all your equipment quite so fast. Um, you can do it over a washing line. So we had a, a lovely place where we often go for a holiday in Cornwall and they've got a washing line there. We play garden badminton over the washing line because it's one of those straight lines that you kind of winch up. The only thing is you have to bear in mind that most of these things have an inbuilt um, additional challenge. So that garden isn't flat. So there would be <laughs> somebody would be on the uphill bit and somebody would be on the downhill bit. And then, of course, you get the sunlight. So that's another little challenge. So then you have to swap over. But, you know, life's made of those fun things, isn't it? Kind of just adapt something. And this is a time to be really resourceful and have fun with things. Just play with them. So that's quite fun. I like have you got the, any others uh, you've done? It's the catching game. We use it. So you could do it with a, as a whole family. And the idea is you, you're throwing the ball to each other. But yeah. if you don't catch it, you have to put a hand behind your back. So you lose a limb. So you don't have to catch one hand. Uh, but if, I think the rule is if you catch it, you can um, bring your hand back. But if it gets really bad, then you have to kneel on one leg. Then you have to <laughs> kneel on both feet. So if they're throwing it past you, 
it's obviously harder to catch. So you're literally trying to wipe people out. <laughs> that, that can get quite competitive. I'm sure there'll be some injured children and their dad's going, I won! I do see lots of families playing that on the beach. And I can imagine if there's a group, big group of you with like 10 of you doing it, it can get lots of fun. Mm. If you are lucky enough to have a spare wall that's attached to your house that's nowhere near any glass, then just a tennis ball against a wall is wonderful. There was a game we always used to play called Sevens, where you do different sort of patterns of throwing and catching. You have to bounce it off the floor and then do it one hand, right-handed, then left-handed and under your leg and all that sort of thing. You know, make it up as you go along. It's absolutely fine. But we used to do loads of that thing. But, you know, not everybody has access to that. And that's not really something you can do inside. So those are all good. But there's lots you can do. You can pick things that suit the space you've got, the activity you need, and what is important and works for you. And it's important to make sure that it fits what you need. And sometimes you're going to need activities that are more active and that make you feel more up. And as you go through your day, you need to have a rhythm for your day, which is where your structure becomes important. So in the morning, you're going to want more active things. You're going to want more things that will get you going, that will get your blood pumping. As you go towards the evening, you want more calming, grounding, relaxing activities to get you ready for sleep because sleep is still really important and sleep affects anxiety. So the better you sleep, the less anxious you're going to be. And funnily enough, the more anxious you are, the less well you sleep. Who knew? You know, it's always going to be like that, isn't it? So if you can wear yourself out earlier in the day, that's great. No exercising in the two hours before you go to sleep. No blood pumping exercise before that, because it'll keep you up, keep you awake. So that's a really good one. If you have medication, if you need medication, make sure you've got access to it. If you are taking therapy or receiving therapy right now, find a different way of doing it. So you may have to swap from face-to-face therapy to online therapy. That may be something you have to do during this particular period, and you'll need to talk to your practitioner to do that. But don't just come away from that if you've got any choice, because you may need that to keep you safe. So it's really important that you continue to do those things that help you to feel okay. And one of the things that really helps is just having escape time. I mean, do you ever have escape time in your day where you just have, it's downtime, whatever that may be. So it could be time playing a video game that you love that's fantasy. It could be, well, in my case, it may be these old shades that we talked about earlier. It's the book I love to read. Or it may be just sitting there with the music that I love and my eyes shut or it could be sitting there with absolutely nothing on and noise cancelling headphones some people need complete quiet to be you able bought to yourself get a pair of noise cancelling headphones can't afford them I'm afraid I can't oh, afford so them good. they are so I good know. they are expensive they are so good after our last conversation, they're on my list of things that I really, really want, but I just, I can't afford them right now. One of the penalties of being a self-employed person at the moment is just not good. Yes. But, um, you know. Just to um, look back on that, that is that downtime. So I, I found that I'm making sure at home we still have our weekends. Mm. So there is Monday to Friday or just day, 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 rather than any specific day, but we have a weekend. We're keeping that different. So I was sitting there just relaxing. Problem is, when you are sitting there, your mind wanders. Mm. So it's like, okay, I need something to do. Watch a film. I've seen this film already, so that wasn't really helping. So we did watch some series, so shorter 
shorter programs, especially the comedies. We actually watched uh, series one and two of Car Share, Peter K. Yeah. which we'd missed somehow. We completely missed it. So I bought that. That took three, four evenings and it was brilliant. It was paying attention, watching it, funny, great. So it basically, I couldn't think of other things. Mm. Um, and one of the things I have, um, as I'm going to call myself a midlife gamer, and there is a midlife gamer. <laughs> it, is, it is actually what I like about computer games is it does take thoughts. There's a lot more going on in my head, and I can then forget about the rest of the world. So when Absolutely. you are having that downtime, think about, okay, I'm having downtime, but if I'm still worrying, I need more arousal. I need more, more stimulating in my head to help yeah. me forget, to take me away from whatever it is I'm trying to just make sure you're not just sitting there going nothing. A book, I haven't been able to get to the point where I can pick up a book. Mm. I almost need to be happy, happy and content to read. That's so why I go back to familiar ones, you see. That's why it needs to be familiar ones. But it's right. interesting you mentioned gaming. So there are some games that are really good for that, that aren't stressful and aren't going to cause anybody any concerns I was having a conversation with my daughter who's just bought the brand new Animal Crossing that has, <laughs> she saved up. She bought it for her and a mate of hers. And so they're now playing Animal Crossing together. And it's really quite sweet. There's nothing anybody could ever take exception to in Animal Crossing. And I went, why are you, and she's 20, why, what, is this appropriate for your age? Why are you doing And she said, actually, people who like horror games play this for light relief. <laughs> and I thought, actually, no, I completely get that. It's, and it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. It's very therapeutic. As, uh, as I'm, I think I saw on Reddit, where it's the therapist was sitting there, and such a bench, she went, oh, yeah, Animal Crossing. I was, I've never, never played it, but I feel like I have now. Because literally everyone's <laughs> yeah. come in and has been playing yeah. Animal Crossing. And I think, funnily enough, the creator experienced a lot of anxiety, a seriously anxious person, and so created that for himself as do yeah. lots of people they create things that actually will help them with things that they need so that's brilliant and i think it's taking you away yeah so whatever absolutely. game you're doing it is um yeah not too stressful so um generally if you're playing multiplayer online games fortnite call of Duty, various other games they Oof. can be quite stressful mm. because you can't you're playing against other humans and it might be a good match it might be a bad match you don't know so that can be quite stressful when you're playing against a computer or with a computer in a more story-based game mm. that is going to be much more engaging mm. and less stressful because it's already planned out it's you and the computer so it's, it's very more rule-based so again it's more engaging because you're following a story you're part of that story whereas if you're playing these online games like fortnite and you're losing where you've got a losing mm. streak because you're in a bad mood and you went there to get away from it, but it's not helping your bad mood and it's fueling your bad mood and now it's all going wrong. Go for pick the right game. Yeah. If you are Someone a parent, can be great. help your child pick a game. So I'm trying to help my children find a game they can get lost in. But a game is a very personal thing. So it's, it's finding a game for them. So what have you found that they like? I'm still struggling. So they like playing lots of Roblox, which is kind mm -hmm. of short kind of almost quite stressful because they're trying to get things or build things up and or would buy this or buy this. so it's quite, i find it doesn't seem the most calming mm -hmm. um so i'm going to try and find something with a story that they can both get lost in there are some games there's a game called journey mm -hmm. which is on the playstation and pc and various other things where it is you are it's a journey so it's an experience 
It is mm. the journey, is the part of it. It's not the destination. And you can play it with other people. So I might sit there and sort of show them some videos and find them some games. It's something they can get lost in and want to play, taking them away from the current world, that escapism, that literal, but it's not fast-paced. So yeah. it's quite calming as well. But there is, there is lots out there. And my daughter also, the other one that um, my daughter's played and really enjoyed that isn't a horror game, and I don't, wouldn't want to recommend any of those, is um, Legend of Zelda, because that's a whole environment, and it basically, she's got this character that, floats around they've got actually got a sort of um i'm trying to call it uh, a glider so this yes. character just glides around and this huge environment where they go and find treasure and eat food and kill the odd monster you know but it's not really threatening it's all no very, it's not all it's very calm so there's um it's an rpg role-playing game but yeah. it, the yeah. uh the nintendo ones always go so if you've got a switch or a wii they're yeah. always going to go for the more cartoony graphics, the easier on the eye, the softer, yeah. the music. Literally, it's like playing a bedtime story. Yeah. yeah. And she's been loving that. And it, there's so much of that environment. There's a, the world they've created is so huge because it takes hours to get from one place to another. You know, it's hours upon hours upon hours upon hours to explore the whole map. And that's always good. And talking about the other things that we've enjoyed doing, one of the things that we did as a family was to pick a series and sit down and watch the whole of a box set series over a number of nights. You know, we wouldn't binge it, but we'd see probably two episodes because one is never quite enough, is it? But two was OK. And we loved um, science fiction and fantasy stories. So we'd watch things like um, Farscape or um, all sorts yeah. of other things that are slightly more threatening. But obviously my children are rather older than most but we see lots of fantasy things. It's just a complete, really good series. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I can't remember. The Expanse. If you're into sci-fi. Yeah, seen all of those. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Really, really clever and intelligent. Anyway, actually back to the podcast and what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Sorry. But, but we're talking about joint experiences. We're talking about yes. things that can actually give you a structure. So if you have a particular time of day where you're doing that, if it's, right, now we're going to spend um, two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever it says you're watching or QI or, you know, whatever your family enjoys watching, we're going to see two episodes of that now. And then tomorrow we'll see another two. And then tomorrow we'll see another two. You know, that is something that gives your day time. Maybe after you've had dinner and you sat down, you're just having a nice bit of time piled on the sofa together, if that's what you like doing. So that's the reason for mentioning it, not to mention any particular shows. Yes. I, I should imagine we could go on a very big segue there. Disappearing yeah, down Otherwise, we'll be there forever. So that's around creating a routine and a rhythm for the day. It's part of that routine and rhythm for the day, which helps to get you grounded and helps you to work out what works and how to feel safe and secure as you go into your night, which is really important when everything's slightly scary. So look, there's lots about breathing. Loads and loads of things about breathing. Yoga is all based around breathing. Pranayama is really important. There's a really good, really, really simple breathing tip that I'm going to give you right now. It's called square breathing. I'm only going to give you one because there's hundreds you can use. Have you heard of this one before? He's not. I saw this the other day. I saw this the other day as a breathing technique. And I was like, what the square breathing? And then yeah, I, it's, there's a, um, an app which has an animation. Yep. To help yep. you time your breathing. 
But anyway, you explain That's it. really nice. So square breathing is also used by the military to help them calm. They call it combat breathing. So if you have a young man who enjoys something that sounds a bit less wussy than, oh, I'm going to sit there and breathe, then you can tell them it's used by the military. Um, and if you have somebody who's a, a delicate and needy care and attention person, then you can say, it's all right, it's a yoga thing, it's relaxing. Same technique anyway. So the idea is you breathe in for four seconds. So you take a deep breath. One, two, three, four. You hold for four, and this is the top bit. You go hold, 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 hold. Then you release for four. Release, 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 release. Then you hold for four. Hold, 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 hold. You do it again as many times as you want. And it's just a good way of regulating your breathing and then calming it down and slowing it down. What that does is it slows down your parasympathetic nervous system. It calms everything in your body and it helps you to feel grounded and safe. So that's a really good, really, really simple thing that you can use anywhere. Nobody's ever going to know you're doing it. You can do it on the tube. You can do it on the way into school. You can do it wherever you like. It's a really cool technique. So it's just one of many, many, many breathing techniques. Something you might want to try is putting together, and this is a, a project. We love a project, don't we, when we've got time. <laughs> um, putting together a sensory care shoebox, a self-care sensory shoebox. Sorry, I got the order of that wrong. And that's, you find any box. If you've got a spare shoebox, that works brilliantly. You can cover it in whatever you like, in something that makes you feel happy. And inside it, you put something that will help you to feel um, safe, secure, and happy that relates to as many of the senses as you possibly can. So it could be a particular smell that you like. It may be Play-Doh. In my case, it's Post-Its. Post, I think of Post-It notes and the smell of a brand new thing of Post-Its. Oh, it's just amazing. It has to be the high-tack ones, not the low-tack ones. Yeah, I know. It's all right. Don't worry. It's the sensory thing. Um, so something for smell. Something that you really like. So we were talking about the picture of somewhere you've been or somewhere that you feel safe. That could be a picture that you put into the box so you can look at it when you want. Something you can touch. So something that um, meets your sensory needs in terms of touch. It could be a really soft thing, maybe a piece of fleece or a piece of slippery fabric. Or some people like the feeling of um, women's nylon tights. You know, whatever it, it is that works for you. Um, it could be something that you like that might be rubber or plastic. If you like, you know, fiddle toy, you can have a fiddle toy in there that will help you to feel good. That's quite nice. And you put together all of the things in there. You could even put in a, an MP3 player for your music, um, something you could taste. Oh, taste and texture is quite important. I'll come on to taste in a moment because you might want to put in there something minty. So really helpful tip is if you're looking at things to reduce your anxiety, you want to create a connection between something that you experience when you're feeling good and happy and something that you experience that you want to experience and call upon when you're feeling stressed. So you can't do that. Any technique that you're using, you shouldn't ever use for the first time when you're feeling really stressed and wiped out. You should use it and practice it and learn it when you're feeling calmer and then apply it when you're feeling more stressed. So it could be that you really like the taste of mints. So you could have a packet of mints 
or maybe you like mint chewing gum. Often mint's quite cooling and calming, so that's why we suggest mint. And if you have that when you're calm, and then you put it into your box, then when you're feeling stressed, you can have that, and it will automatically lower your sense of arousal. So like Pavlov's dog, what you're doing is you're creating, sorry, Pavlov, I should explain probably for those who don't know, Victor Pavlov did a set of experiments, and he created a situation where he rang a bell, and every time he rang a bell, he'd feed a feed the dog and eventually the dog got to associate the sound of the bell with being fed so it would respond to the sound of the bell and it would start to salivate as if it were being fed so that's what Pavlov's uh, Pavlovian response is so what you're doing is you're creating a connection between something you taste here or smell and something that's going to happen so you're creating the connection between something that you experience that will make you feel calm and you're using that intentionally to create that. And you can also use those for exams later. That's fantastic for exams as well. So you're normally able to take in um, mints or something like that. So that was something that we used in the exams for my daughter. So that's really good. And you can put all of those into a shoebox. So you can use those whenever you like. And some schools are doing this now as well. It's been something that uh, Professor Barry Carpenter recommended when he was working with teachers as part of a wellbeing kit. So it's cheap. It's easy. You know, it's going to cost you very little and you can put together something that is bespoke for that individual child. So if you see somebody who's feeling really stressed, you say, you're looking a bit worried. Would you like to go and pick your box off the shelf? And then they can get their box off the shelf. They're regulating themselves, which is absolutely key. It's about them taking responsibility and understanding, having control over their individual reaction and knowing what to do to feel better. Yeah. Love that one. Um, another one, I don't know if you've seen any of the conversations that have happened around Terry Waite on Twitter. So Terry Waite was an envoy of the Archbishop of Canterbury who was sent out to the Middle East some time ago, years ago now, to try and free some people who've been taken hostage. He ended up being captured by the terrorists who had taken these people hostage. He was kept in captivity for four years. And he's just been um, on Twitter and all over social media recently because obviously he was in captivity, not able to go out, chained to a radiator for four years. And people were comparing that to our experience of being home safe right now. And so he responded really appropriately by not saying, for heaven's sake, don't be so stupid. You, you know, He actually responded really brilliantly. And one of the things he said was to have respect for yourself and always get dressed properly. So I know it's really comforting to lounge around in a onesie. I know it's really comforting to work in your pyjamas. But actually, as somebody who's worked from home for the last 15, 20 years, I always get fully dressed every day with makeup and hair. And Dale will tell you, I could probably do a little bit more makeup this morning, but I am fully done. And I'm not here in my pyjamas, thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to start ironing my pyjamas and that would never work. So there's something really important about getting dressed, getting ready and being having a certain amount of respect for yourself that means that you do that. But you can take it to the next level. So if you want to do that, you couldn't dress for happy. So let's just say we're not just going to put clothes on. We are going to dress in something different. So maybe today isn't I'm going to dress top to turn red day. Maybe today I'm going to dress as a rainbow day. Maybe today I'm going to dress as Lurch from the Adams family. Maybe today I'm going to 
channel another character. Maybe I'm going to go full cosplay and dress up as one of my other favourite characters. I'm not going to say any characters because some people might get the wrong idea. But, you know, you can dress for happy. You can dress the way you want your life to be. And you can even, there was this thing I saw where... I don't know, I might even be quoting your previous podcast with Jane, and I apologise if, if I'm mentioning it again, that somebody had actually dressed up in a full evening gear to serve dinner to their children smart on Saturday. a Thursday night. Oh, Smart Saturday. Smart so Saturday. So it's, again, it's, it's, again, you can differentiate your week to your weekend. So as part of yeah. our corona contract with my children, they have to be washed, dressed, teeth brushed, hair, everything for half eight during the week. Yeah. So it is your, it's like a routine, but weekends they can do what they want. We remove that rule at weekends. It's that differentiation. Uh, but also going back to what you wear is, um, like on a previous podcast, some people dress for the job they want. I dress for the weather I want. So I have a very, <laughs> very random collection of bad shirts. So like where's your Hawaiian shirt then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, I was thinking I should have worn that. I should have yes, worn Yes, should have done that. So it's something about having fun with this as well, because yeah. I think we can have fun with it and we can play. We can play in a way that we couldn't play if we had to go out and be seen by everybody else right now. So, you know, if you happen to want to have rainbow hair and you have the wherewithal to do that and you're able to do it, then for heaven's sake, do it. You're not going to be contravening any school hairstyle rule right now. So go for it. You know, if purple is the thing you have always wanted, go purple. If you want to go day glow pink, go pink. <laughs> I, I almost did this with my daughters because we always said, can we dye my hair? And we always forget. And we're like, we've not got school for six months. Can we dye my hair? It's like, yes, yes, we can dye your hair. I bought the hair dye. Somehow it ended up being my job. It's very stressful. I'm very anxious about turning my hair's colour, wrap my children's hair colour really random. So I sat there, I got the box out, I started reading the instructions, and that's when I read the words permanent hair colour. No! And I was like, I'm so glad I read that before we got started. Okay. I didn't buy the semi-permanent. I accidentally bought the full-on permanent <sighs> make my, dare, my daughter's hair blue and the other one's purple. But I read first, so crisis avoided. So there are less permanent. I've done a bit of research into this because I wanted to try it. So there are less permanent <laughs> versions for those who are wanting to give this a whirl. So you can get hairspray, which colours and is temporary. So that will only last a couple of shampoos. You can get hair chalk, which is a nice temporary thing where basically you just wipe it on and it comes off very quickly. So those are two top tips for the experimenting. I did see somebody in one of our rainbow groups who'd actually done it with tissue paper. So basically what they did was they dumped the hair and they, they wrapped it in tissue paper and that's how they got their daughter's hair to be rainbow coloured. Not entirely sure how, but I'm sure Pinterest or, or something like that will tell you exactly how to do that if you happen to have that in the house without going out. So that's quite a fun thing to do. So now is the time to have fun with stuff. It's worth spending a bit of time on a slightly more serious note, thinking about your sensory profile. We talked profile. We talked about a sensory box. There is a sensory profile tool that you can use from the Autism Education Trust that will help you to identify what sensory issues your child has. You may not know all of the things that impact them simply because that's their reality. So they may not realise that everybody else doesn't experience this in exactly the same way. And it's worth thinking about that. So we'll have the download link for that. 
Another thing that you may or may not have come across on Facebook is something called stim dancing. So for autistic people, what lots of people do is they have a particular stereotypical way of moving that makes them feel safe, calm and happy. And it may be that they like to twiddle their fingers or they like to tap or they like to flap or they like to bounce on their toes. There is a thing now called stim dancing. So you can turn your stim into a whole dance. You put on whatever music you like and you just go for it. And it's a thing of pure joy. And I think we all need a bit of stim dancing in our lives. You know, please don't try and extinguish this. Just go with it and love it because it's great fun. So you can do your dad dancing to 11 and wind it right the way up and do whatever makes you feel good as long as you're decent and not actually hitting anybody. So that's a really good thing to do. And as we kind of get to the end, the final thing that I wanted to talk about were two different things. One is we need to think about transitioning back into the normal as well. This is going to be really, really tough to do. So I think we're going to have all sorts of issues when we start releasing the controls. So it's going to feel really weird when we start setting foot out there. I remember when I'd just given birth to my second child and I'd been in the hospital for three days. My first child, I was in less than 12 hours and bounced straight out. The second time I thought, hey, somebody else is cooking. This is wonderful. I'm staying here. And then eventually they kicked me out and said, I really ought to go home. And the feeling when I walked out of that place for the first time with this tiny baby in a carrier cot, I felt so vulnerable. And we are going to feel quite vulnerable when we set out there for the first time. So we need to think about managing that and doing it gently. And we need to warn our children that they are going to have to go back to school. We need to prepare them for that and to try and make that transition as good as we possibly can. And transitions is probably a whole different podcast, Del. So I can't go into that in a huge amount of detail, but just to say we need to put those things in place now to say that they are going to happen and remind them that this is not going to be forever. Yeah, because right now it feels like um, it. transitions is huge. So there is transitioning back to school, but there is also transitioning to your next school, Absolutely. which is huge. It is huge, and um, it's actually something we are uh, putting a session together for the uh, sort of virtual send conference for parents because it is such mm. a big thing, actually, and also for our next one for schools. So actually, how can schools work together? How can you actually start preparing children for moving to a new school if you can't uh, physically meet them, they can't come to the school? There's there's lots of things they can do, but it's actually you need to start thinking of this in actually only a few months. Actually, when we come back in a few months, immediately. It actually starts. In fact, they should already have done it. Yeah. And I think it's it's worse because children aren't in school at the moment. So all of that transition planning they would have done, all of those days where they would have gone to visit, they now can't do, it's not going to happen. So it's about thinking about how you can do that differently. And Um, there's a couple of really good bits of practice that I just want to mention in case there are any teachers on the line who are listening, because this is a really good opportunity to catch you. So a couple of things that we have done and shared in Autism Education Trust training and sessions and conferences and things are to do a virtual video. So you could just walk around and do a video of your school and what it looks like and where the rooms are. You can do a transition booklet that has a map of where they're going to be. It has a copy of their school uniform. It has their behaviour contract. It has the homework schedule. It has um, what they would be doing, a sample 
timetable. It has pictures of all the year seven teachers. You know, it has the um, details of the pastoral staff and where they are so that when they do eventually land back at school, you can then have a, a treasure hunt where the kids who are in year seven who often have a day to themselves running around the school to get used to it before everyone else piles in can actually run around and find everything so they get slightly less lost. So all of those things can really help. And you can send those home now. You probably have them from last year that you can just update and drop the right photos in and maybe do if you please, please say you've already done that. But, you know, if you haven't, maybe you could do that now. If you have somebody who can run around with a phone, it doesn't have to be hugely sophisticated. People are going to forgive you if it's not perfect. Just having it will help. So that's a top tip. And there's lots of I've seen lots of talk about uh, different ways they're going to transition back and going back to the primary school and all this. And I don't know how much is actually achievable, but I think the one thing I think schools can should be able to do is for those moving to that new school, actually, if they can come in for a week with it just being them, with less noise. So for year seven starting at secondary, just the year seven to go in. So actually. The rest of the year groups aren't there. They've got time to find their way around the school with less mm. people. I think for, I think it's got to be, it can't just be the normal start of school. It's got to be, we need to put a big difference in this year. And I'm hoping that the government are already thinking about that because I know we've talked to uh, some people at DfE around this. Yeah. And it is going to be a big challenge for everyone. There's also the anxieties of, is the risk still here? And all that is yeah. huge. Well, and nobody knows for sure when we'll be going back. So nobody knows. We're we're not in the position where we're able to say. So I think it is really difficult. And it is, we have to cut our school staff a bit slack because they've done an amazing job at getting things out at an incredibly short notice. And they're doing the very best they can with minimal guidance. And we're all finding our way. You know, we are all finding our way. And I think as parents, we also need to try and think about how we can make it better. So if there are any pictures of the school that they're going to on the school website, you can start to pull those together into a book. You can get your child to actually go and look on the website and pick out things that they like about the school. There are things that you can do that will help to prepare them from the other side as well that don't have to wait on somebody else doing it for you. Yeah. So that I think could be really good I think there are going to be some children who are too anxious to go back um, I think we may need to phase some people back in gradually um, yeah. and I think there are some people who just realize actually that working doing homeschooling works better for them than being in a school I was having that conversation with my mum about the other side so yes we have all these issues now where things have changed but I can actually sit there and say yes but if the teachers done a video of this lesson a child can watch it 10 times and no one knows it isn't just one shot to get the information you can re-watch the video Absolutely. so there are lots of little benefits you're not it's only the teacher and you you're not being distracted by everyone else in the classroom so it swings and roundabouts there are, there are some really different things which can really help people in this way of learning but there's a whole load of things they're missing so some children will find it easier at home learning others will really, really, really find it a struggle. Absolutely. I mean, we've done both. My daughter was um, doing online learning for two years. She did her A-levels online. So we've experienced both types of learning. 
Um, and they both have strengths and weaknesses. You know, there's there's good and bad in both. For, that, for her at that point, that was the only option she had. That was the only way she was going to get any education at all. And it worked really well for her in terms of maintaining her her engagement. And she's now hoping to go to university. And we're now looking at transitioning to university in a whole different place, not knowing whether that's going to happen or not, and not knowing whether she'll get to place or not, and her not actually having finished the course that she's got to get the results from before she goes. So, you know, there, there are issues around transition right the way across. Um, so, it, you know, I think that's a, a whole separate thing. But just those are a few top tips just to keep you going. Yeah. Um, and just to share that there is some really nice things happening. So we had a letter from her university that she's applied to to say, we understand this is a really anxious time for you and your results aren't the only thing we're looking for in terms of students when you come. And we're bearing that in mind and we can't wait for you to come and join us. And, you know, they don't know for sure how they're going to run it yet, but that was such a lovely email to get and that costs them nothing. No. So, you know, there are things that people could do. So schools now could write to all of their prospective students and just say, we know you're anxious now. We can't tell you exactly how it's going to work because we don't know yet, but we're really looking forward to having you part of our community. And that will help some children just feel that bit more secure so that they can think about going back without it being a terrifying thing to do. Yeah, I think schools schools will change. So I think before Easter, with the closures, I think it was more about getting the work out quickly. This is going to be a short closure. I think now schools are going, this is a long-term thing. So I think the way schools are going to be working, especially primary, some of the secondaries going forward, is going to change. They're realising this is a longer term. So it's not about just getting a load of worksheets out actually there is going to need to be more. Um, and I, I'm hoping that the schools who have just sent worksheets out will start doing videos because I think it's, especially in primary, when the kids have had that teacher since September and they've built up that relationship, to actually get a video from that teacher, seeing mm -hmm. the teacher, even if it's on a screen, will be really quite reassuring and familiar to them. So actually Absolutely. doing some videos. doesn't have to be a Zoom meeting. You can record a video and then post it to YouTube or very many other places. Um, and you probably find that's a lot easier to do than trying to do a Zoom meeting with 30 children. Well, certainly most schools I know don't have the bandwidth to be able to do live streaming. It just doesn't wouldn't work ever. Well, the problem is, is you're relying on technology teachers have at home. Mm. And it's, mm. it's lots of barriers. But I think just being able to doing a YouTube video through your phone and sending it out is a lot easier to do, more achievable. Well, yeah, I think there are real challenges in presenting things that way. And we just have to think of alternative ways of doing it. As we get towards the end, because I'm conscious that this has been quite a long session, <laughs> um, there were just a couple of questions that I really wanted to answer that people have posted on Facebook about concerns that they had. Um, and this one is specifically for Beth Clemus, who asked um, about sensory needs being neglected and maladaptive behaviours manifesting internally, so the child trying to hold it in. And we've talked about how you can use the sensory profile of the child. When you understand what the sensory profile of the child is, you can make reasonable adjustments for them and you can help them. And that works both at home and at school. And don't underestimate how much you may think you know all of the sensory issues your child has, but you may not know all of them until you actually ask those questions because your child may not be able to express to you what they're actually feeling and they may think that you feel exactly the same as they do 
certainly that was our experience. So it's always worth knowing. And our lives have improved exponentially once we worked out what those were and could take those into account. It made a massive difference. So that is the one top tip. Always start with sensory, I would say. Always start with sensory. And then the second question came from Beverly Walters. Hello, Beverly. And it was saying, what basic things can you do to reduce the anxiety of social isolation in A, children and B, teens that will stop them killing each other? We've talked about... <laughs> But, you know, that's the whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> We've talked about lots of different ways to do that. There is something really important about having a bit of space away from each other. However close we are right now, however much we can't get away from each other all the time, there's something really important about having a personal private space. So your children may not even have their own bedrooms, but having a space within that is brilliant. And sometimes one of the things that we've done is to build a pillow fort or to have an indoor tent where you can just go and say I'm sorry this is my alone space no one is allowed to talk to me until I come out of that in my case it's my bedroom door <laughs> kind of, don't even try talking to me I've put myself in time out as we've discussed earlier you aren't going to find me because frankly you don't want to be anywhere near me right now I'll come out when I'm ready and respecting that space I think is really important so um, trying to keep teens away from each other. Sometimes they want to do that, and a certain amount of um, rough and tumble is normal. You have to work out when that rough and tumble becomes too much, and you may need to step in if it kind of steps over that line, and it, just expect that it will go over that line from time to time, and your job is partly to keep them safe. Although I have to reflect that we've had lots of conversations over the dining room table where my two have said, well, didn't you know she was hitting me with a big stick? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would I know that? There was just the normal amount of noise coming from there. So it's kind of, I mean, no no children were physically harmed permanently, I'd like to point out, dear listener. Um, so, but they're laughing about it. And they say, well, you know, you did this and then I sat on you. You know, that is kind of normal. And anybody who's had two boys, boys rather than girls, tend to be more physical. Oh, I had two older sisters. No. Did you? And you thought found that they were very physical? Yes. But my sister, it was genius. It was genius. I had to admire her. So what my sister would do is she would hit me. Hmm. And then when I hit her back, she would scream at the top of my voice, Ow, Dale, stop hitting me. <laughs> and then my mum would shout out, Dale, stop hitting your sister. And it was like she'd just smile and walk off. And it, just <laughs> went on. it just went on. And I was like... I then worked out a really good way is, um, so when my mum would come to tell me off, I'd be standing next to my sister. I said, but mum, she went like this, and I'd hit my sister. So I whacked her back like this, and I basically managed to get three free punches on my sister. I said, explain the story. Yes. <laughs> Don't use that to my children. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. They'll be listening to this. And you will have to apologise to your sister afterwards no. when she hears it. All forgiven by now. And which brings me on to my kind of the final thing that I wanted to say, which is just that we will look back at this time as a time of stories and a time of experiences. And the way we tell those stories is critical. So there's a wonderful guy who wrote a book, um, a gentleman called Victor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. And he wrote about the experiences of people who are in the concentration camps in Auschwitz. And whether somebody lived or died, 
and how they experienced what was happening to them was completely dependent on the meaning that they assigned to the experiences that they had. So, for example, there was one guy who lived because he said, I am going to get out of this because I'm going to see my children again. And because of that, he behaved totally differently. And there will be other people who are in, in exactly the same situation who just gave up and allowed that to bring them down. So to some degree, no matter how horrific the situation, no matter how sad what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is, it is the meaning you assign to that that is deeply significant. So we have an opportunity right now to decide what stories we are going to tell, what meaning we are going to assign to the experiences that we have and how we will allow that to take us into the future. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be what you would wish it to have been. It's about getting the meaning from the messy. And God knows it's messy. <laughs> so it's about how we turn that into reality, make it fun, make it something we can experience and something where there can be huge joy. It is, it's, it's, it's finding that positive. And there is things like, everyone's going, oh, yeah, I can now do. Oh, no, actually, I can't do that because all those shops, I need those supplies from are closed. But it's almost like we're all having a few months break from our lives. So yeah. you are literally going, right, how was my life going? <laughs> well, some of those things, you're going to wish they were slightly different. And yes. but how wonderful is it that you get an opportunity to actually review that before you're on your deathbed? Isn't yes. that fantastic? You get a chance to think about that right now. And even if that only means that you do something different tomorrow, just to be clear, and that's a brilliant thing. Just to be clear, not your deathbed in a few months, deathbed miles away. Just to be very clear on that. But it is that is that if you, if you're not happy with your career, you've got a few months where you can do lots of home learning to find a new career. <laughs> you can sit there and go, you know what? Actually, so it's like talking about that social media is, wow, I'm spending a lot of time reading information from a load of people who are idiots and I don't care about. Let's yeah. get rid of that, and then actually let's. I want to hear from the people I do care about. And it's filtering out that rubbish in your life. It's finding those priorities. What's important in life right now? What is it I need? Actually, I didn't need that thing I've always been doing. It was just filling time because I thought I should. Actually, this is a much better. And you'll, and you'll realize after a few months of not be doing certain things, how much things mean to you. Yes. But also cut yourself a bit of slack if it isn't even so even though you're trying to curate your life experience and it's not entirely the way you'd like it to be, well, give yourself a bit of slack because you're working on it. You yeah. are work in process. You know, that is the way it is. It's a growth mindset. You will be much happier if you take that approach. It may not actually change what your life is. It may not change what you can do, but it will definitely change how you experience that and the way that you then decide to take your life. Because every decision you make takes you in a slightly different direction. Yes. And the, the picture, right, the, the post which on all over social media um, very early on in this is we're now going to finally find out how much stuff can be done in an email and not a meeting. Yes. <laughs> that actually goes on for so much yeah. of your life. It is, that is a work thing. Uh, and you're, you can sit there in a number of companies going, wow, we're still working all fine. And, we aren't using that giant office, which costs us a lot of money in London. Oh, mm -hmm. this is interesting. So that everything's going to, there's lots of things that are going to, some things are going to stay. And it'd be one of those things, if you 
play the game of what changes that are happening now are going to be here in a year's time. I think mm. what you'd guess will be here in a year's time won't actually be what's here in a year's time. There'll be some really random stuff we don't see creeping up on us that we keep hold of. Yeah. Obvious changes, like we're all doing stuff through Zoom. Yeah, when we're back out, let's get rid of Zoom. Let's go back to the real world. Let's go around to our friend's house for a curry. Mm. But other things which we, you might make that connection, like you said, that old person in the old people's home writing them a letter. You mm. might make some random connection and that's going to stick. Right now, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're, it's not in a, we're not in a horrible place. We're in, most of us are in our homes. The yeah. homes we've chosen, we've made, we've decorated with our family. There are some random Absolutely. people who seem to be isolating with a boyfriend on their second date I've seen in newspapers. I have no idea, apart from I swear they're just writing it for entertainment. But <laughs> most of the time, we're actually, as you said, you're stuck at home with your books, your music, your pictures, your memories. You're stuck at home looking at your back, looking backwards at your life. And the I'm not stuck at home at all, Dale. I'm safe at home. That's the thing. It is. You are safe. And it is how you look at it and what you then do with it and then go, you know what? I've got a lot of memories. Hang on, we haven't made many of the last few years because I've been really busy at work. Let's make less time for work and more time for making memories. So it's just there's lots of opportunities you can do to look at life at the moment. Absolutely, which I think is a great place to stop. Yes, and then um, so there'll be in the links there'll be all the links that Sarah Jane uh, mentioned, but also all her favourite 18th century uh, steamy fiction. <laughs> yeah, I haven't put those in the links. So, um, yes, we've coming to the end of the show. So uh, a big thank you to you, Sarah Jane. Thank you, Dale. Uh, for coming along today, or not coming along, being at home today. For just being here. Being here. There was just thank one you. thing that I forgot to mention that I did want to really, really tell people about. So I'm very aware that lots and lots of families are really struggling and lots of staff are really struggling. And I've made the decision to make access to my Different Joy monthly available to people for the grand total of £1. I know, it's stunning. For £1 a month for three months, they can access all of the resources that I've got available on my monthly membership site. Just because the only reason I'm putting it in for a pound is I don't want anyone to have a horrible shock at the end of three months. Go, oh my God, somebody's suddenly charging me for something. Um, so I put it in for a pound, just for, in for a penny, in for a pound, for three months minimum. So all the time we're in lockdown, go in, get some training. There's lots of brilliant training on there, which, and hopefully... Um, once we get out of this, I'll be able to get more people on to do even more for you. Excellent. So that saves me mentioning that was in about three lines time for me to mention oh, for I'm you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can't help myself, can I? As I said, we'll be putting links to everything that Sarah Jane's mentioned in the show notes, apart from those books, uh, including a link to her book that she's written, which is a, uh, a different joy, the parents guide to living better with autism, dyslexia, ADHD, and more. I'll also be sharing Sarah Jane's email address. Uh, and you can find all the show notes uh, generally goes on with the podcast, but they're also on our website, www.thesendcast.com. So thank you for listening to the show. Uh, please let us know what you think. Normally I ask you to subscribe to the podcast, but this week I'm asking you to either leave a reply on iTunes to let us know what you think. Use the hashtag uh, Sendcast on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Share the news. Leave a comment on the Sendcast website or drop me an email to Dale at the Sendcast. Let me know what you think. What do you like? What do you not like? Please share. 
you can also find us on all the usual social media channels. On Twitter, we are at the same cast. On Facebook, the same cast. On Instagram, the same cast. And on LinkedIn, just search for Sendcast. If you want to get, as, as I said, get in touch with me, let us know your thoughts, topics, suggest topics, anything else, please send an email. Okay. And if you've enjoyed the Sendcast, why not look into the virtual Send conference? Um, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. It's a great way to get CPD around SEND. The conference is also run by us at B Squared, and it covers a wide range of areas within SEND. And what makes this conference different is that you access it across the internet. We do run the conference twice a year, but you don't have to watch it on the day. You can use the videos throughout the year as part of inset days or to support specific children, different teachers. And the access is for the entire school. So our last conference, which we ran just a few weeks ago, had over 4,000 views on the day, which was phenomenal. And the feedback has been absolutely amazing. So you can buy tickets for future events or past events. As I said, the videos are always available. The cost for schools to the conference is £60. And as I said, this covers the entire school, not per person. And as a listener to the Sendcast, we're offering you a 10% discount just by using the code SENDCAST10. So we are currently working on a sort of a range of content for parents. Uh, we're not quite sure how we're going to deliver it because uh, you all haven't got time to sit for a whole day in front of your computer and watch a conference. So we are working out how we're going to deliver that. Um, but you can register to kept up to date with all the latest news on both the schools conference and the content for parents by going to www.virtualsendconference.com. So, yeah, a big thank you from me to Sarah-Jane and uh, a goodbye from me. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Sendcast. Goodbye.